You are listening to Community Voices on NPR Illinois. I'm your host today, Vanessa Ferguson, and the Illinois Symphony Orchestra has another wonderful concert for us titled Captivating Contrast. Here to tell us about it is the conductor of that performance, Tanya Miller, and we also have Trevor Orthman, Executive Director of the Illinois Symphony Orchestra. Thank you both for being here today. Thanks for having us. Tanya, you are one of the finalists for the music director position at the Illinois Symphony Orchestra, and it's been so wonderful to to get to learn about your peers, but today we want to learn about you. Could you tell us a little bit about you and, and really how you came to pursue conducting as a career? Well, first of all, it's great to be here, and I'm really looking forward to coming to spring field and Bloomington Normal and to be there performing with the Illinois Symphony Orchestra. So that is really something I'm looking forward to. I grew up in Midwest Canada in a province called Saskatchewan. And I grew up in a small town, wheat fields all around us. And music was a very special part of our community. Everybody played music. There was a lot of kids involved in either the school music program, school band, or else taking piano lessons as I was. We had a great teacher. And so just growing up with music was kind of a part of my culture. And I had no idea that I was going to be a conductor. I thought I was going to be a famous piano player. And I grew up and I practiced every day so many hours. And as I got into university level, I started to, first of all, discover that I love to work with people. And playing piano was somewhat isolating. And I also was an organist and I started conducting choirs. So in those experiences, I really did discover wow, I love to conduct. And also having grown up in a small place, I didn't have a lot of exposure to orchestras. And now I was hearing orchestras for the first time. So I was very fortunate because in the summer times, I decided to pursue this interest of conducting. And I met my future teacher at the University of Michigan. And he gave me what I feel is a big break and said, come with me, come and study. And so I I went to the University of Michigan. And actually, my first teacher was Bob Reynolds. But my second teacher, was Kenneth Kiesler, who used to wow. be the music director of the Illinois Symphony Orchestra. Yes. I think it's called Springfield Symphony Orchestra. So I actually traveled to Springfield one time when he did an opera called Ravel L'Enfant et la Sordelège. I was one of the crew that he brought there. So I've been there before, actually. They probably don't remember me, but I remember them. Anyway, my career just took me one step at a time through opera. I started opera conducting. I went to the Carmel Bach Festival. That was my first real job. And then I got the job with the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra as assistant. And then I became the first music director. Well, my first music director position was with the Victoria Symphony in Canada. And at the time, I was the youngest music director in Canada and the first female of a major orchestra. So at the time, it was a big deal. And, you know, I just stayed there for 14 years and loved being a part of the community and connecting with people. And here we are. Let's talk about this upcoming concert. It's titled Captivating Contrast. Now, I find that I enjoy music even more when I know the story behind it and and what to listen for in the music. So can you talk us through each piece and, and what makes it captivating? Well, I think the contrast part 
of that title is really very important. And there is a connection, you know, music always has ways of connecting within itself. So we have three very diverse pieces on this program, and yet they all have ways that they are deeply connected to each other. And I find that fascinating. Whenever you put three pieces of music together or four pieces of music together on a program, you take everybody on a new direction of how they listen, how they experience something. So we open up this program with Beethoven. Everybody knows Beethoven, but what we're going to experience is actually a very dramatic overture. It's his Leonore Overture number three. He wrote four overtures to his opera Fidelio. And he actually wanted to call the opera Leonore. But at the time, there are two other similarly named operas out in the repertoire. So the theater itself renamed it Fidelio. And in the story, we have Floristan, who is in a political prison. He's near death. And we have Leonore, his wife, who is desperately trying to find him. So she disguises herself as a prison guard named Fidelio and tries to find him before an evil guard named Pizarro murders him. And she manages to do it just in the nick of time, just when the minister was coming to inspect the prison and he's about to murder Floristan, she stops him and, you know, it's a celebratory ending. So what I love about the overture is that we, through Beethoven, we are really able to reach the feelings of fear, the feelings of solitary confinement. I mean, the very beginning is so stark and so slow that we just feel all alone as we listen to it. And then you do, in the course of this beautiful overture, 14 minutes overture, we feel the love of Leonore and Floristan. We feel the hope that starts to emerge and you really feel the emerging of it. You feel the celebration at the end. You, you feel all of these emotions. And what's amazing is even if we don't know anything about Floristan or Leonore or Fidelio, we all have experienced those feelings of being, you know, alone or being scared or or celebrating and that's the capturing of who we are that music always gives to us it always takes whoever we are in the seats and transports us somewhere according to our own lives and our own way of taking that in and i feel like this program overall is a little bit connected to war uh, napoleon went into vienna his army conquered vienna in 1805 when fidelio was first presented Barber's Violin Concerto was written starting in 1939, so it was affected by World War II. And Nielsen's Symphony No. 5 was written in 1920 to 1922, and many people feel that it's his war symphony, that it was a reflection of World War I. He denies that it's specifically about World War I, but also says that who can discount how World War I affected all of us as artists. And in fact, in Nielsen's Symphony Number no. 5, there is a war inside the first movement. It's profound. All of a sudden, in this music, which is serene and beautiful and elegant, there's a sense that the winds start to change. There's a tension that starts to come about. And here's where we have our contrasts. We have the contrast of something very beautiful and at peace at the beginning, and then this sense that we are almost like we're on a boat on a river that was once serene and now we're hurtling towards some rapids. And what happens is in the score, we are instructed to have the orchestra, which is now getting louder and louder and fighting within itself. The snare drum is 
indicated by Nielsen to just start battering of their own accord. So without being in a rhythm, they are making up their own part. And there's a sense that the snare drum is at war with the rest of the orchestra. And it is a profoundly chaotic and overwhelming moment, which ends with everything letting go and almost like the sun sets. So what I think Nielsen was after was this sense of contrast, of something that is really exploring opposites, that you can't really have something dark if you don't know what light is. And if you don't know what the sun is, you don't know what the night is. You know what happiness is only because you've experienced sadness. If everything was always in the middle, you would never know what joy is or you would never know what true tragedy was. Everything about life is related to the opposites. And I think Nielsen was very much seeking that. Barber wrote two incredibly gorgeous, beautiful, heartfelt first movements of his concerto. He asks the violin soloist to play with a gorgeous sound. I'm, I mean, it's not written in the score. I just mean that it is so apparent that it's the quality of how you express that means so much in, in these first movements. There's a gentility to it. And there's a relationship between the orchestra and the violin soloist, which is very, it's very beautiful. Like, like they're in conversation and they're gently listening to each other versus some concerti where perhaps the soloist is just going gangbusters and the orchestra is just kind of accompanying them. In this case, there's very much that interplay. And the original commission for this violin concerto was when the soloist heard the first or saw the first two movements, as gorgeous as they were, they felt that there wasn't enough virtuosity. So the third movement more than makes up for that because the third movement is full of this perpetual rhythm, which means that the violinist plays triplets and never stops. And these are hurtling through four minutes of absolute you grip the edge of your seat. Oh my God, are they going to make it minutes? And that includes a virtuosity for the orchestra itself, which is also gripping, uh, at, sitting at the front of their chairs, counting like mad just to hang on so that we don't lose sight of that amazing virtuosic soloist that we're accompanying. This sounds so riveting. And it's funny because I was, I was listening to the Nielsen symphony piece and I, I, as I was listening, I'm like, there's a lot going on in here. And, and you mentioned the snare drum. And it's, I'm so glad you pointed that out because when I do think of a snare drum in a piece like that, I do think of some, some kind of wartime piece. And as I was listening to it, I'm like, this, this is the piece I was listening to was about 30 minutes long. And I'm like, this is a, a bit of a workout. Do you feel that way when you're up there conducting the orchestra through this piece? Very much so. This is a complex piece for the audience. It's going to take them on a bit of a journey away from maybe where they feel comfortable at home in a certain way, because Nielsen is exploring. It's very beautiful what he writes and also on the opposite. Sometimes it's not beautiful, but the beauty doesn't come from a standard sense of harmony and melody, but rather there's a sense that it's flowing forward. He has these oscillating, repeating figures that kind of carry us along. 
as if we're in the wind or if we're, as I said, on a, on a river that's gently moving us somewhere. And then he kind of colors it in with different shades of color. I particularly listen to the colors of the instruments and also the intervals, the distance between the notes create different kind of feelings. So thirds are very warm and fourths and fifths are very cold. There's a sense of interplay of color in how he writes. It's challenging for me to conduct because it's big. It changes in um, intent. So the tension has to be maintained and that's through tempo, etc. And it's complex in its the beats in, in the bars change all the time. So there is a sense that the phrasing and just the, the complexity of the rhythm is something that I always have to be managing and very, very closely showing the musicians so that they don't get lost. Wow, that's so interesting to hear what's going through your head. I, I'm wondering too, as a conductor, when, when you first start to work with an orchestra that, that maybe you're working with for the first time, is there something that you look for as you begin that work with that that kind of, I don't know, it's like a living organism of, of people. Are, are there any particular tactics you use to bring the best out of the orchestra or what's in your mind when you're beginning that work? I mean, the most important thing for me is to move them towards where we're going to go. And where we're going to go is going to be different for every orchestra. No matter what, the music is going to speak to us and we're going to take it someplace beautiful. You mentioned that you have been to Springfield before. So I have to ask, what are you most looking forward to in your experience as you come back to Springfield? Anything in particular? Well, honestly, I always just love to meet the people that are there that are, you know, the people that come to this concert or who come to maybe some some uh, pre-concert chats. Those are the people that I know are part of the Illinois Symphony family and that they are uh, connected to music. They're connected to their community. I really believe that the Illinois Symphony powerfully changes the community that it serves. It brings people together. It defines what the culture is within the communities and and it draws people towards their ideals and 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 it, it invigorates people. And so uh, for me, just being around the orchestra and the people who love the orchestra is what I'm looking most forward to. I'm looking forward to meeting with you and, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are as well. And luckily we have Trevor here to tell us how we can meet you. There is an opportunity there. So Trevor, please fill us in on how we can get to know more about Tanya. So, you know, we look forward to having everybody join us at the concert. But then following the concert, we have a wonderful play on after party and it features light hors d'oeuvres. But the best part of it is it also features music. And at this at this concert, we will have the Jose Gobo Jazz Trio performing and then the reception and the audience just loves to stay after and mix and mingle with other concert goers. And then they also have the ability to meet the conductor, which many of them sort of stand close to the doors where the conductor usually enters the, the lobby just so they can get the first chance to talk to them. So be ready for that. <laughs> and Trevor, can you give us the dates of those concerts and then also where we can go to get those tickets? Sure. So the concert here in Springfield will be on Friday, February 16th. You can go to our website at ilsymphony.org, which will provide all of the information to order tickets. 
as well as links to the University of Illinois Performing Arts Center box office. If you attend on Friday evening and want to experience it again because you've just been introduced to one of those great masterpieces that you've probably not listened to in your life, you can drive up to Bloomington on Saturday evening at the ISU Center for the Performing Arts. And again, you can go to our website and that will provide information on ordering tickets there. So it should be a wonderful concert, something I'm looking forward to. Barbara Violin Concerto is one of my favorites since I grew up playing violin. Just an absolutely will be an incredible evening. Oh, see, now that's a little bit of insight that I love because I'll whisper next to the person next to me. I'll go, you know, Trevor loves this song. Trevor loves this. He's, he plays violin himself. So this is so fun. But it has been great that not only did we get to sit down and talk to you both today, but that you are serving us another wonderful concert that we get to enjoy in our community. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much to Trevor Orthman, the executive director of the Illinois Symphony Orchestra. And then, of course, our guest conductor of the performance, Captivating Contrast, Tanya. Miller, thank you both for being here today on Community Voices. To hear more from the Community Voices team, visit nprillinois.org.